When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why do we pay taxes? What role do they play in the economy? And how are they used by the government to shape policy? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Well, everybody... Tax season is coming to a close. The deadline to file taxes is on Monday, April 18th, so I thought it would be best to dedicate this episode to addressing any lingering questions you might have about taxes. Because to be honest, I might need a refresher on the influence and role of taxes myself. So we are revisiting a conversation with a managing partner at Geltrude & Company, LLC, Dan Geltrude himself. Dan, thank you so much for coming on. This is a very confusing topic for a lot of people, and and I think we're going to clear some things up. Well, we'll certainly try to do that, Abby. <laughs> you know, Dan, I like to start just kind of with the basics on this podcast. So I guess we'll, I'll, I'll ask you, why do we pay taxes? <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, that that really is the question, right? And, <laughs> and, and it's basically simple. So we have to pay taxes to fund the government for all the services that the government provides. And beyond that, things like our military, that takes money and it takes a lot of money, trillions to be uh, more precise. So the reason that we have to pay taxes is, is that the government needs to operate and the government gets money from taxes or debt. So right. we see a lot of both going on right now with the federal government. Yes, yes. You know, um, with COVID, obviously, the, the COVID relief packages, um, a lot of money going there with our military. Like you mentioned, um, we're seeing this infrastructure bill coming from uh, President Biden. So how when it comes to those things, um, I feel like the typical taxpayer doesn't always know exactly where their taxes are going. So how do we know how much of our taxes go where? The, the thing about taxes is you actually don't know exactly where it's going. So, if, for example, if you paid a thousand dollars in taxes and you say, listen, I'd like to know what I'm contributing to here. Uh, you can't actually break it down and say this much went here and, and that much went there. And an example of that would be, let's say, Social Security. So Social Security taxes you've been paying throughout your career. So there, there's no uh, minimum on that, meaning if you make a dollar, you don't get excluded from paying Social Security taxes. Right. So. Mm-hmm. After so many years of working, you may say, well, hold on a second. I see I paid all these taxes for Social Security. Let me see my account where I could see all my money there. Well, you know what? It's not there. And on top of that, it's already been spent. So 
that's that's the type of mentality that goes on. And that's why people get so upset about paying taxes, because they say, where where's my money? Right. And how much of it is getting wasted? (laughs) Yeah. Where is this going? That's that's honestly my question. And what it it all comes down to also is there are so many different types of taxes, Dan. So can you take me through some of those? I know there's property tax, corporate tax. um, You know, they're talking about the wealth tax, things like that. So just can you go through some of the most important ones that people deal with on a day to day? Sure. Taxes are everywhere. And keep in mind that sometimes taxes are not called taxes. They could be called fees, for example. That that's a that's one that you always see out there. But it's income tax, which is a progressive tax, which means you have to make a certain amount of money in order to qualify to pay tax. Then you have Social Security and Medicare taxes. That's what I was just alluding to. Of course, there are state and local income taxes that play into this, depending on where you live. There are sales taxes. That's that's on a a state and local level as well. There's real estate taxes that has to do with state and local. And I think there's there's even a use tax, meaning if you don't pay sales tax, you may be subject to use tax. So it's really endless in terms of the amount of taxes that we all pay. And if you break it down and you look at how much money you make in terms of your gross and you factor in all the different types of taxes and fees that we have to pay. Mm. Well, when you look at that, you realize how little of your money you get to keep. That is the truth, Dan. I, I as we were just talking, I pulled up my Uber trip. I, I Ubered to get to work today. Just you know, I'm, I'm avoiding the train for now because of COVID. And mm. the trip fare is twelve ninety nine. And then I'm looking at the subtotal. Okay, so I get the the New York congestion fee. There's the fee that you're talking about. The right. New York black car fund. It wasn't a black car. I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. Then you got the state sales tax. And then before tip, the total is seventeen twenty eight. So you know these things get tacked on. Is there any way to manage them or or um, keep track of what we're actually paying? You know what? I Well, it's very, very difficult. I mean, you would really have to dedicate yourself to some serious bookkeeping (laughs) if you're going to try to track. Because, look, if you stay at a hotel, they have separate taxes related to that. And then there's a parking tax (laughs) you could have or a parking fee that's added on. So it's really endless. It's it really goes on and on and on. And and this is what I want to say about taxes in general. And it's very true. The tax code really gets people to do stuff or not to do stuff. And sometimes we don't even realize that our actions can be dictated by what's in the tax code. And I always say, if you want less of something, tax it. So if you if you're going to put, for example, gasoline taxes, that was a fuel taxes, right? That's another one we forgot to mention. (laughs) But if you're going to have more and more taxes on fuel that we use in our cars, what happens? 
people drive less. Mm. They figure out alternate ways to get around because gas becomes too expensive. In New York, they're really looking at taxing the rich and corporations. And I've said this many times. Well, I guess New York and New York City specifically, they don't want successful rich people there because they're going to go to Florida or Texas where they pay none of those taxes. Same thing with corporations. You want to raise the tax on corporations in your state or wherever you are, they'll go away. It's that simple. And that migration is going to be uh, happening more and more because of people's ability to take their job with them and go somewhere else to live and to work. Now you don't have to live by your job. Your job comes with you. And that's a big game changer. Why big game changer? Why doesn't New York want wealthier people here? (laughs) Well, that's it. That's a good question, especially if you look at New York City, for example, one percent, the highest one percent of earners pay 42 percent, a little more than 42 percent of the total income taxes that are collected. Wow. And if you factor in the top 10 percent, they pay 70 percent of the income taxes collected. So it does make you scratch your head and say, well, why would they do that? It's because I believe politicians don't believe they will leave. Right. So they cater to the larger voter base. So if you you look at right, 90 percent in New York City only pay 30 percent of the taxes. Well, those are the votes you want. The rich or the successful are a small number of votes. But sooner or later, you run out of people to tax and you have no choice but to figure out how to tax the people that are still there. So where are we now? What's our current status with taxes? We obviously uh, recently saw a change of administration. How have our taxes been changed because of that? Well, they haven't changed just yet on a federal level with the Biden administration. But I would tell everybody this. We don't know exactly what the new tax laws will look like, but I can assure you taxes are going up. That's a given. Mm -hmm. With the amount of spending that's on the horizon, uh, it has to be paid for somehow. And even if you say, well, we'll just borrow it. Well, yeah. And then you got to pay it back and you got to pay interest on that borrowing. So at some point in time, the only way to pay for this stuff is through taxes. And actually, it's a combination of a reduction of spending and paying more taxes. So what's going to happen? Taxes are going to go up and people are going to be working very, very hard and changing their behaviors and what they do in order to pay less tax. I personally believe that it's going to put more pressure on the high tax states because those that are wealthy say, well, maybe I can't get around some of these federal taxes, but you know what? I will move from a high tax state to a no tax state and therefore be able to drop my overall tax bill. 
because of that. So if that happens, Dan, do you foresee, in your professional opinion, eventually all of these people are leaving the high-tax states, going to the low-tax states. Do the low-tax states then have the ability to raise their taxes because they have more people who are willing to maybe pay a tax that's not as high as their high-tax state that they left? Well, it's interesting, right? Because all states have bills to pay. So they have to be able to collect that money from the people who live there or work there. So I don't necessarily think they'll raise the income tax, but as you have, let's take a state like Florida. So you have have them come to Florida. More people there are spending more in sales tax. There are also uh, real estate taxes and other means, uh, user taxes, so to speak. The more people use certain facilities, the more taxes they pay, but you could opt out and not do those things and therefore pay less tax. Mm. So I think what, you know, these states drawing people, they want that. And it goes beyond taxes. Let me tell you where it goes. Tell me. It goes to power in the federal government. Mm. Do you realize how important one representative's vote is? So if if you have a state like New York or California, as they lose seats in the House House of Representatives and those seats go to Florida or Texas, Texas or other states, what does that do? That gives them more power in Washington. So it's not just about the taxes. It's about the votes they gain in Congress. And, And as I said, one single vote could make all the difference in policy for the entire country. Wow. You're telling me that it all comes down to power? What, Dan? I, I know. <laughs> so it's surprising. Money um, and power. Money and power. It, money and power. I can't believe they go together. <laughs> so then how do the lower, uh, lower tax states, how do they fund the things that they need to fund? Well, what just happened was a huge bailout. Right. The the uh, the the covid bill that just went through. Well, that rescued a lot of the states that were struggling. Mm. So they got a lifeline for now. But ultimately what happened, what let's put it this way. I believe if President Trump had been reelected, there would have been some states that could have been potentially looking at a near bankruptcy situation that they seriously could not pay their bills any longer. And I don't know what happens. We've seen a city like Detroit go bankrupt. I don't think we've ever had a state go bankrupt. So that would really be uh, new territory and how we would have to deal with that. But it comes down to these states have very, very rich pension uh, uh, programs for their workers that they literally can't afford. So at some point you can't pay them. Well, you can't pay them. Yeah. Yeah. So then bringing it back to a personal tax, as we all start to uh, fill out our taxes mm-hmm. now. Um, so what's that process then? Like, let's say I pay my taxes. Where does it go then? And, and what what's kind of the the process of each each uh, whose hands does it go into to ultimately then be reallotted to, you know, the COVID relief bills and, and infrastructure, all these things that we're paying taxes for. 
So from a federal standpoint with the IRS, so when you file your tax return, if you have a balance due and you're making that payment with your tax return, that's going to the Treasury Department and then it's being allocated from there. But keep in mind, most people have been paying tax throughout the year in the form of withholdings or making estimated payments. And they've been making those payments to the Treasury Department, which, again, is funding the operations of the federal government. So as it pertains to filing your tax returns, the ideal place to end up is you file your tax return and you you get no money back and you also pay no money. That means that you calculated your taxes exactly right. Because when you overpay, meaning you're going to get a refund with the filing of your tax returns, that means you've given the government an interest-free loan for the year. Mm -hmm. And why would you want to do that when you could have had use of that money for whatever your needs are? Right. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought these things up because um, just like get boiling it down to the basics, can you define some of the, the biggest tax terms? I meant to ask you that off of the top, like, you know, withholding, for instance, um, you know, your filing status, things like that, that we that we as as taxpayers need to know. So when I'm referring to the term withholding, if you break down that word, it is money that is withheld from your paycheck by your employer, and your employer is remitting that money to the federal government to be used however they use it. So that's what the term uh, withholding means. When we think about payroll taxes, payroll taxes are uh, taxes that are charged, uh, let's say, to not just you, but also your employer. For example, Social Security and Medicare taxes. Those are what's referred to as payroll taxes. So you contribute to the payroll taxes and the employer contributes to payroll taxes. So again, and then of course, you have your state taxes, which could be state income withholding, So they're being withheld from your paycheck and remitted to the state. And we have payroll taxes by state related to things like unemployment, right? Mm Because we pay into that in order to be able to collect later on. So that's really what makes up your paycheck related to what the gross is, you know, what you think you should be getting versus what you see in your paycheck, which is a, a lot less. That difference is the taxes that you're paying, either payroll or withholding taxes. Right. I mean, Dan, you're a CPA. What um, advice do you have? Well, let's start with what's happening right now. People are in the process of filing their tax returns. The extended due date has been changed on a federal basis from April 15th to May 17th. So the question becomes, when should I file? Should I file now? Or should I wait until May 17th? Well, here's the answer. If you're getting a refund, 
you want to file as quickly as you possibly can mm. because you want to get your money back. If you owe, well, then you may want to hold on to that money for the extra month and file your tax return and make that payment on May 17th. However, that's kind of the general rule. Getting a refund, file early. Not getting a refund, wait as long as you can. But we have those stimulus checks that people could be uh, could qualify for. And that could impact, depending on when you file, whether you get a stimulus check or not. So the rule there would be, if you made less in 2020 than you made in 2019, that would mean you're probably going to uh, uh, qualify for stimulus checks, so file the return. However, if you made more money in 2020, that may disqualify you for what you would be getting in a stimulus check. Mm. So the answer is do your tax return and see where it, where you fall out. Then make the decision as to whether you file or whether you wait. And and as we're talking too, I'm thinking about this. Just recently on Getting Schooled, we did a couple podcasts, one on Bitcoin, one on NFTs. Can Bitcoin be taxed or, or an NFT? I mean, how does all that work? Because they're assets, um, but is it taxed in the same way? As far as Bitcoin goes, they're on on the ten on the form ten forty, which is your individual income tax return. Right at the top, there's a line there that asks you if you've transacted in Bitcoin. And the reason they're asking that is is because if you've transacted in Bitcoin, and what does that mean? You've bought or sold, or you've used Bitcoin to buy things, you you could be triggering a taxable event. So here's where it gets crazy with Bitcoin. You buy Bitcoin and then you want to buy something using Bitcoin. That transaction, because you may be thinking of Bitcoin being currency. Bitcoin mm-hmm. is actually, it's used like currency, but it's really not a currency. Uh, it's not currency, meaning if you go to the store and you take some dollars out of your pocket, you pay for something, that's not a, a taxable transaction. Mm-hmm. But if you use Bitcoin, you could be triggering a capital gain. It's like going to the store and using your Apple stock or your Disney stock or your Amazon stock to buy something. That's the equivalent of selling the investment. And when you sell an investment, that can trigger a taxable event, meaning the difference of the value when you bought it, let's say you bought it for $500, and when you transacted it, it was worth $1,000. That $500 difference is a taxable event. So it gets really crazy in keeping track of all this. There's a lot to keep track of, that's for sure. And and when I even think about keeping track of things, as a taxpayer, there are so many different forms that you can fill out. So can you just take me through, you know, a 1099, a 1040, which you kind of just touched upon, uh, W-2, W-4? Okay, so your 1040 is your individual tax return, which is traditionally due on April 15th. Mm-hmm. Your W-2 form, that's what your employer gives you that tells you 
how much you made and how much you paid in taxes on a federal basis as well as on a uh, a state basis. And that W-2 form is going to be used to make or, or to prepare your Form 1040. Then there's 1099s. 1099s are non-employee income. So you can get a form uh, 1099 for something you've done outside of your job services. Uh, sometimes people are doing their side gigs and they get a 1099. That 1099 is additional income that you have to pick up on your tax return. So, you know, these are the numbers that get that get thrown out there <laughs> that we kind of have to be uh, be aware of. But again, it goes on and on and on. And I would say that the best way to get through that is to use a tax prepare. Uh, listen, there's a 1098. The 1098 you would get, let's say, for mortgage interest on your house. So that's kind of the opposite of 1099. 1099 is income. 1098 is uh, our expenses. Can you just tell me what a tax deduction is and what a, a tax credit is? A tax deduction, and many of them have gone away because when Donald Trump changed the tax laws, he got rid of many deductions, itemized deductions that were on Schedule A of Form 1040, your individual tax return. Mm -hmm. So there aren't a lot left. However, what a tax deduction is, is it's a reduction of your income. So if you have $5 of income and you have a $1 deduction, you have $4 of taxable income. That Just was some great really math right there. Did you use very, a calculator? Basic. I, I was using my fingers. <laughs> That's why I, I went with less than 10 there. <laughs> At the same time, if we talk about, well, what's a tax credit? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, a tax credit is different. A tax credit reduces the tax dollar for dollar. So a tax credit yeah. is a credit against the tax. A tax deduction is a reduction of taxable income. Okay, that That's makes the difference. That makes sense. And then when when an individual is paying taxes versus a corporation, how does that differ? It depends on what type of corporation it is. So uh, large corporations are generally what's called for tax purposes C, as in Charlie, C corporations, and those corporations pay their own taxes. So whatever taxable income they have, they pay the tax. Mm -hmm. Then there, there's what's called an S, as in SAM Corporation, an S Corporation. S Corporations don't pay tax. Whatever their income is flows through to the owners, and then the owners or the stockholders then pay the tax. So S Corporations pay no tax. They just flow through. It's called a flow through entity. It flows through to the uh, shareholders and then the shareholders pay tax on that on their individual tax return. Flow through entity. It sounds so peaceful. 
until you get yeah. into <laughs> Yes, it does. It's a flow through rent. There you go. Oh, you feel calm about paying our taxes, right? <laughs> um, so then when, when, for example, when President Biden says we're going to pay for this infrastructure plan with, quote, corporate taxes, um, how does that work then? He is talking about, in that particular instance, C-corporations or large corporations, and he is proposing the current tax rate at 21% be raised to 28%, and that additional 7% of tax be used to pay for the spending plan. And there, there, listen, there's a lot of other taxes mixed in there, but when he's talking about raising corporate taxes, that's what he's talking about. Okay. C-corporations going to 28%. Okay, so when you say 7%, like if I'm looking at the weather and I see 7% chance of rain, that's not a lot. But when you're talking about these big corporations, how much in the grand scheme of things, depending on how much these companies are are worth, how much is 7%? Is that a lot or is that a little? Well, it's at least hundreds of billions of dollars. Mm. and over. So pocket change, you're saying? Uh, yeah, well, in Washington, <laughs> yes, because they only pay attention when you talk about tens of trillions. <laughs> if you don't get to that point, they're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But when Washington looks at co- spending and collections, they do it over a 10 year period of time. So with that 7% on corporations without loopholes, you know, would be trillions of dollars over time. So it is significant. But again, as I said before, Tax what you want less of. So corporations will figure out how to move to get around that tax the best they can. Mm -hmm. And and when we talk about things like COVID relief plans, how does that change how an individual citizen is taxed? Joe Biden is talking about that he is going to raise taxes on the wealthiest of Americans, which by his definition uh, are those that are making over 400,000. Initially, he said individuals. Now that's kind of been massaged to say, well, now it's households. Mm -hmm. So those that are making over $400,000, he wants to raise the tax rate from 37% up to 39.6, which is where it was pre-Trump administration. Okay, got it. Kind of as we wrap things up here, Dan, what is your biggest piece of advice for someone who is filing their taxes? Uh, my my biggest advice here is 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 not to play games with your tax return. Okay, mm-hmm. now the IRS audits very few people, right? Uh, and, and the IRS's resources have been uh, pretty thin for a while. Probably about the last ten years, the IRS has has really been operating pretty lean. And they're under a lot of pressure right now because of everything that's been happening with the pandemic. Some people may view that and say, well, here's an opportunity for me to cheat on my taxes. And President Biden said not long ago, we're going to be out there looking for cheaters because I want more funding to the IRS so that they can do more audits. So my biggest piece of advice is when you are doing your tax return, of course, take every legal step that you can to reduce your taxes. Mm -hmm. That's that's absolutely okay. 
But once you cross that line, that's not the place that you want to be. The IRS is a very, very powerful arm of the federal government. And honestly, you don't want to mess around with them. So pay the appropriate taxes that you owe so you can put your head on the pillow at night. (laughs) We don't want to get in trouble, Dan. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Uh, Well, Dan, thank you so much. I I don't want to keep you much longer because I know you have a lot of people to help with their taxes. So to all of our listeners, if you need help, you just call up Dan. He's got your back. Right, Dan? Absolutely, (laughs) I do. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Dan Geltrude on taxes. Number one, Dan explains that actually we'll probably never really know how much we pay in taxes overall because we're taxed in so many areas in our lives. Dan says that to really know how much you pay in taxes year to year, you would need to diligently dedicate yourself to tracking your taxable activities. Number two, Dan says there's no way to know how our taxes are being spent by the state and federal government. He says often our taxes are being spent very quickly by these entities. And finally, number three, Dan believes that taxes can actually influence behavior quite a bit. Our actions can be dictated by what's in the tax code. He says, quote, if you want less of something, then tax it. So if we tax fuel, people will drive less. If we tax cigarettes, people will smoke less. All right. Thanks so much for joining me during this lesson on taxes. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.